Diversity Beyond the Checkbox is your trusted podcast for meaningful conversations. And now there's a new way to dive deeper. Visit our new website, beyondthecheckbox.com. It's loaded with podcast episodes, valuable resources, and even exclusive bonus content. Learn more and join the movement. Check out beyondthecheckbox.com today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Diversity Beyond the Checkbox podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Ferguson, certified diversity executive, writer, human rights advocate, and co-founder of the diversity movement. On this podcast, I'm talking to trailblazers, game changers, and glass ceiling breakers who share their inspiring stories, lessons learned, and insights on business, inclusion, and personal development. Welcome to the Diversity Beyond the Checkbox podcast. My guest today is Dara Sanderson. Dara is a seasoned senior executive with 20 years of experience in technology, entertainment, and ad tech, and the CEO of Dictionary.com. Her areas of expertise include cross-platform application and product development, process improvement, interactive and immersive media, new and emerging media, digital media strategy and marketing, CRM analytics, strategic partnerships and alliances, and team building leadership and mentorship. Wow, Dara, thank you so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Boy, you you make it sound like I do a whole lot. And, you know, we're going to talk about your, your career journey in a little bit, but we'll have a little more explanation as to why you've got so many areas of expertise. Sure. But Dar, will you tell us just a little about yourself, your background, your identity, your family, whatever you'd like to share? Absolutely. So I am uh, a born and raised New Yorker. I'll start there. I'm originally from Queens, New York, but I've moved around quite a bit in my journey in life. Um, I currently reside in New Jersey with my daughter, Maya, who is 10. And I am a Black woman CEO. Uh, and I have been working in this industry for, as you said, over 20 years and doing a lot of different things, which will cover some of them. Um, but I'm just happy to be here. Well, Dara, thank you so much. I'm so excited to get to talk to you over this hour. In a previous conversation, you and I traveled an interesting road on how you got to where you are at dictionary.com. Will yeah. you share a little bit of that story and the professional experiences that you've had? Absolutely. So, you know, it's been a winding road uh, for me. If you had asked me, you know, as a 2019 year old, would I be in this space that I'm in? I would never have guessed this in a million years. Um, so, you know, early on, I started um, my career as an engineer, but that's not even what I went to school for. I actually went to college. I went to the University of Virginia uh, and I studied theater in school. Um, Never, you know, having nothing to do with what I'm doing right now, or so I thought, Um, because as my journey went on, my training in the theater actually had a lot to do with my career path, and I could talk about that. But my first job uh, was, you know, early in the dot-com boom era, and I taught myself um, how to program, how to build websites. I'd always loved computers ever since I was a kid. And we're talking like, I'll date myself, back in the Commodore 64 days. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I had always had an affinity for that. Um, and when I got out of school and pretty quickly realized as much as I love the creative arts, it was not a career that I necessarily wanted to um, mm-hmm. be in. And this was around the time the dot-com boom was happening. And there were no classes, right, for this yet. It was, there were engineering classes, like deep computer science degrees. But building things for websites, there, were, there wasn't a class for that. I taught myself. I went and bought books um, that, because I was interested in something. Uh, and from there, I was able to get my first job. Uh, as an engineer at a company called hotjobs.com, which does not exist anymore. Um, and then it got bought by Yahoo. But over the years, I've worked, you know, I worked for Hot Jobs, I've worked for WebMD, um, I've worked for a number of different media companies. I moved out to LA and took a job at the Walt Disney Company mm-hmm. um, building websites for parks and resorts. So, like Disneyland.com, Disneyworld.com, I was working on those. And while at Disney, I transitioned into the television space. Um, and I was working for ABC Daytime Managing Engineering there. You know, throughout my career, what really kept moving me ahead, I found, was not necessarily my engineering skills, though I felt I was a wonderful engineer. It was really my ability to communicate um, and to, you know, take ideas, work with executives and turn them into digital things, right? That's what really propelled me ahead. So. It's been a journey um, and it's gotten me to where I am. That's amazing, Dara. You know, one of the things that's so impressive about the conversations that we've had is just how you jump into new things, right? But so many of us are afraid to get out of our comfort zone. And it seems like you've done that continually throughout your career, not being afraid to pick up a book and learn something new. How do you do that? And what advice would you give to those of us who are afraid to make that leap? So here's the advice I would give. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I've been afraid plenty in my life. As you said, I've jumped into a lot of new things. It's not because I'm just fearless. It's because I can say, okay, yeah, I'm afraid. And I might mess up and this might not work out, but I do it anyway. Right? So go ahead and embrace that. It's okay to be scared. It's okay not to be perfect. It's okay to fail. Once you kind of accept that, then it makes you a little less afraid and you can always learn more. That's been a thing with me. You can always, you do not know everything. You don't need to know everything to move forward in life. Um, this is not just career. This is life, right? Yes. I'm still learning stuff every day. And so that makes it possible for me to just say, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and try this new thing and I'm going to learn something. That's fantastic. That's, you know, that's so important because so many of us want to try the new thing or have an idea about, you know, where we'd like to go with our career or, you know, a personal change or anything. But it's it's scary to make that leap. And what you're saying was just such good advice is it's okay to be afraid. That doesn't mean don't do it. Don't try it. Absolutely. And just to add in, too, for so many of the young people today, you know, we've all just been through a very trying time. But even before that, everyone feels like they have to have it all figured out. You know, I went to school and I graduated and now I need to X. No, you don't. Right. It can be a it can be a path that is winding. You don't have to have it all figured out at 19, 20, 21, 22. It's an experience. Absolutely, Dara. That's exactly right. Dara, let's talk about 
your position as CEO of Dictionary.com. Sure. Can you share a little about your role? What does the CEO at Dictionary.com do? You know, I do what a lot of CEOs do, but really for me, the the first things that I wanted to focus on coming into the role were setting a really clear mission and vision yeah. for the company, right? So, you know, our mission is to be the premier destination to learn, discover, and have fun with mm-hmm. the limitless words and meetings, the limitless world of words and meetings, right? We will help you make sense of the ever-evolving English language so you can put your ideas into words and your words into action, right? Coming in as the CEO, that was one of the first things I did. Sit down with my leadership team, craft a really strong mission and vision for where I want the company to go. And then from there flows the strategy to achieve that. Like, how do we realize that mission and vision? And from there, set the tactics to achieve that strategy, right? So your job as a leader of a company is to do that. Set the vision and then put the right team in place to execute on that. Because without the team, you're not going anywhere, okay? So that was really key for me. Set the direction for the company, put the people in place, come up with the strategy, and then work through the tactics to execute. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Sure. With the many roles that you've had over the course of your career, Dara, at many different levels, let's talk about diversity in business. From your perspective, what are the benefits of having been one of, you know, the few in STEM, right, at higher and at higher levels within organizations? What's your advice to leaders about creating those environments where diverse employees can thrive? So first of all, you know, as is very clear, there's not a ton of diversity um, in in STEM fields and even less in leadership um, in, in STEM roles. And so one of the, you know, I don't know that that's a benefit to me, but to companies, when I come in, I can bring in a diverse viewpoint, a way of looking at things that maybe hadn't been thought of before, but also from the lens of there is an entire audience that sometimes isn't being considered as things are being built and created, right? right? So being able to come in and bring that voice, I think is fantastic. As far as, uh, you know, advice, um, that I could give leaders, I would say that, first of all, sometimes you got to look outside of your normal places that you go to find talent. I have been in so many conversations where, you know, we're recruiting for roles, right? And a lot of times when you're recruiting for roles, you need people, right? I was like, I got to get stuff done. I got to recruit for roles. Let's just do the fastest thing, you know, to find the good people, right? And I've had a number of conversations where I say, well, I want the best person for this role. But all of the options you're presenting me, there's no diverse talent here. And been told, well, we can't find them. And my response is often, I'm sitting right here, <laughs> right? If, if I'm sitting here and I exist, these people exist, Yes. right? And they may not be in the first place that you look. You're going to have to get creative. But don't tell me that there are no diverse candidates to consider. As leaders, you do have to be intentional and sometimes you have to push. And it's not always that those who are doing the looking are lazy or don't want to do that. 
they're trying to be effective at their jobs and that's fine. Sure. But as a leader, is it incumbent upon me and others? You do have to insist sometimes to at least be given an option yes. <laughs> of someone to look at. As far as making it a more, I don't know what the word you use was an inviting or a place where, you know, diverse candidates can thrive. That's harder, right? Because there's a lot of studies about, you know, while you may bring diverse candidates in, they don't often feel welcome or they feel uncomfortable and they don't stay. Right. So, you know, that is a challenge that companies are still wrestling with. But it does help if they have leadership that is also diverse, someone that they can look to and say, oh, it is possible to grow and thrive here, wherever the here is, because they can see a model for that. That's exactly right, Dara. You know, and I've heard that with so many organizations and, and having conversations with employees and prospective employees, you know, they want to see themselves in the higher, you know, echelons of leadership. And if they don't see that, they do wonder, you know, how how far can I go with this organization? So it's so important. And you're right about, you know, as you're recruiting, get outside of those two or three places that you always go, yeah. right? What are some new ways and new locations, new ways to think about recruiting so that you can attract those diverse uh, candidates. It's so important. That's such great advice. Dara, one of the things that you talk about often is building strong teams. Let's talk about the importance of building strong teams within an organization. How do leaders begin to do that? Building a strong team is critical to the success of any business. The people are what make businesses successful and thrive. It's not the things, it's not the technology. Yeah, sure, all of that is very important. Um, But the thing that's the engine uh, that's gonna make your business go is the people. And in order for the people to be a strong engine, they have to have strong leaders in place. So, you know, how important is it? It's everything, right, to success. Um, And it's something that does take time, right? You know, building a leadership team is not a quick endeavor. Um, I tend to look for, yes, you know, proven leaders, but also um, people who have shown that they can grow into a leadership role. I, you know, when I'm looking for leaders, yeah, I look at their background, I look at, you know, do they have the technical hard skills that are needed? But leadership is about so much more than that. Um, It really comes down to how is this person in managing other people? Can this person grow other people? Because the role of a leader is not just to lead and like you're in charge of everything and everybody else is below you. No, no, no. Your job is to grow people so that they can replace you. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at a leadership team, I'm looking at all of those things. I'm trying to build that strong team because it really is just essential to success. Absolutely. Words are powerful and communication is key to success in business and relationships. How do you ensure your words foster welcoming, inclusive, and safe environments for everyone? The answer is inclusive language. The Inclusive Language Handbook, a guide to better communication and transformational leadership, available in paperback and as an ebook, explains today's best practices for inclusive word choice and common phrases to avoid with guided exercises to increase understanding and improve your impact immediately. 
No matter what your role, make sure your words land respectfully and effectively. Order your copy today by visiting theinclusivelanguagehandbook.com. And, you know, you made such good points there. Very often we move to leadership because we're excellent individual contributors. Sure. But there's not that that learning between moving from individual contributor to now leading people. Yeah. And we have to spend time really helping those potential leaders gain those skills that are necessary to ensure that the people that are reporting to them can thrive. And in fact, as you said, you know, you want to be replaced from the, you know, perspective of what you do day to day so that you can move up, so that they can move up, so that your business can grow and thrive. That's so important. And, you know, I got to tell you from personal experience, that can be a hard transition yes. uh, from individual contributor to leader. I mean, I it's funny, back in, you know, when I was really making the transition from engineer to more the business side of things, I had a little trouble uh-huh. letting go of the engineer Dara. And I still sometimes get in the weeds and my team's like, why are you asking about code? Like, what <laughs> What are you doing? But there was a joke at one of the jobs. It was like, oh, you know, they could tell when Dara had been in the code when she had no business being in because she just couldn't keep her hands out building something. Mm-hmm. I had to learn really how to step back and that my job was different now. Mm-hmm. And that can be an adjustment that, you know, not everybody can make. Right. Right. Um, But it is essential. Absolutely. And I'm sure with you, Dara, with having worked in so many aspects of business, (laughs) you can, you know, jump into so many different pieces. That's that's got to be great in so many aspects, but also challenging for you to say, you know, I'm leading this business. I need to think about the vision and the the overall and and get out of the weeds a little bit. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you don't want to be a micromanager. Right. You don't want to do that. Uh, but for me, you know, getting in the weeds can be fun, but it does take away from what you're actually supposed to That's be right. doing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Dara, let's talk about the importance of words as they relate sure. to inclusion. And for, you know, those who have listened to my podcast for a while, you know about my book, The Inclusive Language Handbook. But I want to talk about how words can affect relationships and messages. Will yeah. you share your thoughts there with us? Yeah. So <laughs> words, look, I work for a dictionary, right? That's right. Um, we know as a dictionary that how, how really very well language can include or exclude people. Yes. Um, it is our mission as a dictionary to be descriptive. That means we're documenting language as it's really used, right? And that involves ensuring that we are reflecting and respecting the language of people as they actually use it. Where I continue to learn and grow on this topic is with pronouns, right? Mm -hmm. Referring to people in the way that they want to be referred to. Uh, This is an area where I've really leaned in with my leadership team around using the correct words and pronouns to describe team members. And I don't always get it right, (laughs) right? You know, I come from a generation that is different and I'm used to doing things a certain way, but that doesn't mean, as I said, I can't learn (laughs) to do things in a different way. Um, So the power of language to validate a person is huge. 
Yes. Um, and so we do have to be intentional and thoughtful about that. Absolutely. And, you know, Dara, one of the things that I often say is when we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion as a whole from an organizational level, it's so big. But yeah. using inclusive language and being thoughtful about the, the, the words that you use is a way that we as individuals can contribute to environments of inclusion. So I totally agree with that. Dara, you've mentioned that mentoring is important. It's easier to understand the value of mentoring for the individual being mentored. But what's the value of mentoring for the mentor? Oh, my goodness. I learned so much, you know, because mentors is, you know, usually are older, I guess. I've had to, I've had to come to accept, oh, I'm not the youth anymore. I'm older. Right. Okay. That's me. Um, but no, I learned so much about culture and the yeah. world um, from different perspectives that I hadn't thought of before or seen before. And it's a two-way street mentoring. So to your point, Yes, I'm able to impart, you know, advice about where I've been, what I've done, how I might handle situations. But then I'll occasionally have someone who comes to me and says, hey, but did you know this? I'm like, oh, you know what? I didn't. Right. I get educated um, as well. And that keeps me relevant and it makes me a better person and a better leader when I'm able to draw from those who have different experiences from me as I'm mentoring. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's so smart and such good advice there. And, you know, again, mentoring is so important, especially for underrepresented professionals, to have someone that you can relate to that understands some of those struggles, some of those challenges, some of those roadblocks yeah. is so important. So I love that. It's interesting. I, I didn't really come to understand I understood at an intellectual level that that was important, but from a personal experience level, I hadn't really thought about it much until maybe eight, nine years ago as I was in more leadership roles and I started having young people, young black people, young black women in particular, come to me and say, can I just talk to you for 10 minutes? And and at first it was like, I mean, yeah, (laughs) sure. But not really understanding how important it was just to be there, right? I didn't get it at first. And I had a young woman say to me, I was actually moving from one role to a company to another. And she asked for time to talk to me. And I said, sure. I'm always like, sure, let's talk. She said, I just wanted to say thank you because I had never seen someone who looked like me in your role. And I didn't know that was a possibility. And it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, you know, I was like, you're welcome. Like I just said, it didn't even, it didn't hit me until, you know, later on in life that that was really important emotionally. Absolutely. And you know, the thing about that, Dara, is if you don't see it, right, you don't know that you can be it, right? So amplifying voices like yours to say, yes, you can be a Black woman CEO, right? And and of, of a large company, a small company, you can be an entrepreneur. There's so many things that we can be, right? And I, I just love this conversation because it does amplify in in another way, right? With my a small audience, that you can see it and you can be it, and that's so important for our young folks today. Uh, so I I appreciate that. 
Dara, let's talk a little about some some personal, right? So we, you know, especially in this society are, are always leading with the business aspect. But a couple, let's talk about a, a few questions personally. What has inspired you? You've done some amazing things, very accomplished. What are some of the things that have inspired you over your lifetime? Oh boy, many things. I mean, I talked about books a lot, yes. right? Um, so I have always, always been a voracious reader. Uh-huh. And I've drawn a lot of my inspiration for, I don't even, I don't even know if I call it inspiration. Books have always shown me that anything is possible. Yes. And I've taken from that um, really to say, okay, I, I can get anything through the power of knowledge and learning, right? So just that alone was enough to really kind of push me forward. And then, you know, I grew up in a in a black community and I watched different sorts of entrepreneurs um, having their own businesses. I just had such so many different lenses from which to draw experience and see, oh, you know, I've seen black women business owners I've seen, you know, communities come together around things. I've seen all these things very inspirational for me. So, you know, I I draw inspiration from almost anywhere, to be honest. If I see something, whether or not um, it pertains directly to me, if I can glean some new information from it, I'm like, oh, there's something else I can go after. That's just the way my brain kind of always has been. Amazing. Yeah, that is so cool. Dara, what do you do when you're not working? Uh, let's see. I, t- I talked about reading so much, but the truth is, as a mom, I don't get to do it as much as I used to. Yes. I, and it makes me so sad. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, one of the jokes that uh, my family has is that I'm actually, uh, or I have been throughout my life, an avid crocheter. <laughs> you really? believe that, yes. <laughs> I've had people joke and say, what are you, 80? And it's like, oh, but I want to get my needle out. I've got my, you know... Um, my book with the patterns. And so I do that a lot. Um, I love that. So books, crochet. I'm I'm a very internal sort of person. Things that that I can do that free up my mind to think and relax. Um, So reading, crocheting, traveling, you know, that's kind of a standard answer. And spending time with my daughter. I love that. And she's 10. She is 10 going Um, on, you know, 40 or whatever. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Now, Dara, tell me about some of the places that you've traveled that have impacted you. So I did a semester abroad in Ghana um, when I was in college. It was so interesting. So I think it was my junior, third year uh, of college. And I did the semester abroad. And I, my family was kind of like, you want to do what? My family's done that a lot in my life. You want to do what? <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to go. I'm going to be an actress. You want to do what? So I did this semester abroad and, and it was amazing, right? It was one of those times where when you're young, you're fearless. You really are. You think you nothing right. can hurt you. That's right. Um, and I probably did all kinds of crazy stuff that wasn't safe because I was just <laughs> on my own in Africa out partying in the club. So one two o'clock in the morning right. like by myself, like, what was I thinking? But it showed me that I was able to travel alone, to mm-hmm. have new experiences. Um, I think I got very sick, actually, while I was there. And it was just me. And I had to figure out, okay, I'm okay. Like, I can yeah. live through this. I'm fine. It made me realize I could really 
do almost anything. And to be in a country that was all black people too, was like uh-huh. a revelation because that wasn't my life. So I would say that's a trip that had a real impact on me because it was extended and I was on my own. Yeah. An amazing independence you had to discover there. It, it really made it so that, and I've moved a lot in my life around different places, but I think that was part of it. It's like, if I could live there, I could move to California. I could move to Georgia. I could live in, like, you know, it was like, yeah. well, there's nothing to stop me, really. I love that. And I think some of those experiences help you lean into the fear to try those new things. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. Dara, dictionary.com's word for 2022 was woman. And that surge came from the confirmation hearing for uh, Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson, um, who became the first uh, black woman to be confirmed as the U.S. Supreme Court Justice. As we're recording this, we're only a third of the way through the year. (laughs) But if you were to choose a word for 2023, (laughs) Mm -hmm. what would it be today and why? Okay, so first, to be honest, I I think our choice for 2022 woman continues to remain relevant even now, Yeah, right, with everything that's going on. Um, But here's the thing. We really can't choose a word so far because a resident and relevant word of the year sums up a year in a word. And I have a talented team. Let me just Uh tell you. They take in all the data, all the lookups, all the moments, all the trends, to consider what that word's going to be. Yeah. And we can't, at this point, predict what's going to happen in the world and in language, but right. I know that's not what you're getting at. So, <laughs> you know, one topic, you know, that I would say has been at the center of around what's going on in 2023 is AI, you yes. know, artificial intelligence. That's come up a lot. That could be a good contender this year. Technologies like ChatGPT, you know, things that are really breaking through and changing everything, how we work, how we think, and it's happening so fast. Yes. Um, so there's a couple of contenders, you know, uh, until my team of experts weighs in uh, right. for what could be <laughs> the word of the year. So, Dara, what would your word of the year for you personally be for 2023? Perseverance. Ah, tell me um, about that. Well, for me, it has been a year of a, the past year from going date to date. Yeah. Um has really been about persevering to create um, the future for the business that I run, for myself personally and my family, um, and persevering in my mission to, as I'm doing right now, talk about the importance of, you know, leading thoughtfully and um, what it does mean to be an example as a person, a woman of color, um, in an industry that doesn't have a lot of us. So perseverance is, you know, I could use that word almost every year, but yeah, um, that would be a personal choice for me. Amazing, amazing. Now, Dara, for those of us who are entering into um, industries where there aren't a lot of us, right, or we may be the only one, what's the advice to give to those folks that you have about perseverance, about pushing forward, about how to navigate those experiences. I'll give you a little anecdote uh, about something. And it has to do with allies, even when you are the only one, which often happens. So I was in a leadership role and um, I was, there was a point where my boss um, 
had to step out for a while and I thought I was gonna be tapped to lead and I was not, right? They brought in this gentleman over me and I was like, I was not happy, right? Sure. Um, and so, you know, I had kind of a chip on my shoulder about it. And this man, um, you know, he kept trying to have lunch with me. He was like, oh, let's have lunch. And I'm like, I got, I'm busy. Right. I got stuff to do. I don't have time for this. And finally, I said, he kept saying, I said, fine. And we're talking and, you know, we go to this lunch and I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and he says to me, you know, Dara, you're really good at your job, but you should get up and walk around and talk to people. Huh. And, and I was just like, maybe you have time to walk around <laughs> and talk to people. I have things to do, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever. It wasn't until years later that I realized he was trying to help me. Uh-huh. And so to answer your question, extend yourself and open yourself up to allies and others who may not look like you, yes, but can do a lot to further you in whatever your career is. So that's a piece of advice that I, you know, was given to me, but I couldn't hear it yeah. until later. Uh, that's, that's such good advice. And, you know, I've found that over the course of, of my personal professional development, I haven't always been ready to receive yeah. good advice or, right? And so sometimes you have to double back to those things because it's not until you've had additional experiences that you're ready to receive that good advice because, you know, we all think through our own lens. And yeah. so it's so important to be open to perspectives that are different than ours, people that are different than us, because they can sometimes, you know, provide us so much additional wisdom. I love that. That's such and, a great example. And you might be surprised, but people who you thought were different are not as different as you think they are. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Dara, as we begin to wrap up, tell me, sure. what's the message that you want to leave our listeners with today? You know, we, we covered it a bit. and uh, It is that do not be afraid to yes. do things that you have not done before. It is okay to try new things. It is okay to mess up. Um, just always be open and willing to learn and raise your hand. You know, if you're in a room and someone's, you know, in your department or if someone's looking for someone to try something new or take on a new task, even if you haven't done it before, raise your hand. That's the message that I want to be. Don't be afraid to jump out there and try something new. I love that. And, you know, one of the, the things that I've discovered in, in some studies and research, especially around women and then certainly culturally diverse women, yes. is we have to feel totally qualified before we want to apply for that job yeah, or volunteer absolutely. to do something. We have to know that we can take it from A to Z, no problem. And <laughs> yeah. sometimes we got to jump in early and try something new. And I love that advice. That is so good. I got a little anecdote to go with that. I don't know if yes. we have time. So uh, this was earlier in my career. I was still more on the engineering side. I was managing people, but I was still more on the engineering side. And there was this director level role that opened up that was more on the business side. And I didn't apply. I waited and I waited and I waited. And finally, I just said, ah, I'm gonna, I, should, I should apply for this. And when I went to go do it, uh, my boss at the time was a woman. She looked at me and she said, what were you waiting for? Uh, wow. <laughs> right? And I had that moment. It was just, what, what was 
I waiting for? You know, it was like I had to work myself up to get to this. And, and she was right. just like, I've been waiting for you to apply for this. What were you waiting for? Oh, my goodness. I love that. <laughs> what a great way to end. And I want to, uh, Dara, have people get in touch with you. So let's uh, let people know how they can learn more about your work at sure. dictionary.com and get in touch with you. Absolutely. So, you know, for the work, um, you can go right to the source, right? Dictionary.com, thesource.com, right there in the name. We're doing a lot of great things on social. So um, we're at Dictionary.com on Instagram and Twitter. We're Dictionary.com on Facebook. Um, look out for TikTok because we're going to be doing some stuff there too. But for me individually, you know, I'm old school. I'm boring. Um, you can best find me on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. <laughs> to be honest, my social presence isn't as exciting as some others. Um, but I, you know, I'm I'm there a lot on LinkedIn. So love that. And Dara, just to end, thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation. So inspiring, amazing uh-huh. advice. And I just want to leave it with, what are you waiting for? That's such a great way to end it. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Thank you, Dara, so much for spending some time with me today. I've enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I have greatly enjoyed it as well. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Please take a moment to subscribe and review this podcast and share this episode with a friend. Become a part of our community on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. This show was edited and produced by Airfluence. I'm Jackie Ferguson. Join us for our next episode of Diversity Beyond the Checkbox. Take care of yourself and each other.